tonight we are going to walk through the powerful song of Tremble. And so for tonight, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to open up with me to John chapter 1 tonight. Let's go to John chapter 1. Yes, praise the Lord. And it, the book, it's the fourth gospel right here. And this gospel right here is all about the deity of Christ. This tells us, the book of John tells us why Jesus is God. And even just the powerful worship song we sang, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. We're going to walk through that tonight. And so, but before we start, I just want you to think about this word tremble. For me, when I think of tremble, I, I looked up a simple definition. It's two words. Tremble means to shake involuntarily. And so for you guys, what's a moment in your life that you have trembled? And for me, I add something. I think trembling a lot of times has, is associated with fear. When's a time in your life that you have been just shaken with fear? If I can be honest with you tonight, college students, I know for me, when I was a little kid, I was scared of the dark. Anybody else scared of the dark out there? I'm talking about a little kid. If you are, all right, y'all are lying. That's okay, cool. If you resonate with this, praise the Lord. If you don't, I'm sorry, but I think you're, you're holding back. For me, when I was a little kid, I struggled with sleeping in the dark. Every time, I, man, me and my family had a routine. We'd eat dinner. We'd watch some TV together. We'd talk. But then about 9, 9.30, it was like, all right, Cody, time to go to bed. And the scariest thing for me as a little six-year-old, I don't know if that's too old to be scared of the dark. That's the age I'm putting to it. As a little six-year-old, I was with my mom. She would, she would tell me to go to bed, and she would shut that door when she left the room. Like, all right, Cody, love you. Good night. See you in the morning. Boom. The door was shut. And I was freaking out. Because you know when you sleep, when you're afraid of the dark, it keeps you up at night. And sometimes the darkness, you just feel like it's so dark in there, like you can feel it around you. And it's just you and your thoughts. It's you and your covers. You're trying to, you can't go under the covers because it makes it even darker in the room. So you just don't know what to do. And for me as a kid, this caused me to lose sleep. And my mom started to notice it was taking a toll on me. And um, you'll never guess what she got me. Oh, okay. So somebody has my notes out there already. Okay, yeah, my my mom got me a nightlight. And I'll never forget, and my, my wife said, I could say this, I know she's not here, she's out of town. She slept with the nightlight all the way up until we got married. So small plug, nightlights work. I mean, hey, if it works, it works. But for me, I'll never forget, when my mom got me a nightlight, it took away my fear of the dark. Because we're, the dark, the darkness itself, when I was trying to go to sleep as a six-year-old, I had no idea what was around me. I couldn't see anything. It was just me in, in the darkness. But as soon as my mom got me a nightlight and we plugged it in, she shut that door. It wasn't just me sitting in the dark in the morning. The nightlight was illuminating my room. And I looked up, I was like, just to make sure nightlights are used for what I thought nightlights were used for. Nightlights are used to give children a sense of security in the dark. And for me, college students, when I had this security in my room because I had a, a little bit of light in my room, I could physically rest finally. I could finally go to sleep and rest at night. But college students, can I share something with you tonight? We are talking about something much more serious than physical rest. I want to talk to you about your spiritual rest tonight. And if you know the light of Jesus Christ, because if you have a nightlight in your room and you're scared of the dark, you can go to sleep at night. But if you're scared of the dark now, if you're scared of the sin that you have in your life and you don't have the light of Jesus Christ in your life, That's something to worry about. And tonight, we're going to look at John chapter 1. In the same way the nightlight gave me physical rest, I want to share with you how Jesus can give you the spiritual rest that you need, that you are looking for. 
And think about the lyrics we just sang as before we started the sermon tonight. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Think about it this way. The same thing that scared me as a little kid, the dark, is the same thing that is trembling before Jesus Christ for all of eternity. The question I pose to you tonight is, though, do you know Jesus as the light of your life? Because then the next lyric says, Jesus, you silence fear. College students, what are you running to? What are you trying to replace in your life that needs to be Jesus to take away the fear? Because if it's not Jesus, that fear won't go away. And so look with, look with me tonight in John chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 5, and then we're going to focus on verses 4 and 5 tonight. And God's Word says this right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. Verse 4, I love this right here. In him was life, and that light was the light of men. Verse 5, that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. I'm so excited to walk through this with you tonight, college students. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're good, Lord. God, I thank you for you. I thank you for your word. God, thank you that you make the darkness tremble, God. Thank you that you silence the fears in our life, Lord. God, I pray for anybody in the room tonight that maybe they don't know you, God. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, Lord. They don't have you as the light in their life, Lord. God, I pray that they would repent of their sins tonight. Lord, that they would believe in Jesus, Lord, and that they would start, that they would receive you into their lives as, your, as their personal Lord and Savior, God. Lord, would you do something only that you can do tonight, Lord? Free somebody from the darkness that they're living in tonight, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And from our pastors tonight, college students, I got two points for you, or should I say I got two truths for you tonight. And point number one is Jesus is the light that gives you life. Number one, Jesus is the light that gives you life. And college students, if I can be honest with you, the world we live in today, Satan wants to blind you from this truth. It doesn't take a lot of time to look around our world and see that we live in a broken and a hurting world. And like I said, people are searching. They are searching for that thing to fulfill them. But instead of running to the creator of the world, they're trying to fill it with creation and they're left empty. Satan wants to blind our minds. Satan wants to blind you from knowing, point number one, Jesus can give you life. And he has given you life. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this right here. In their case, the God of this age, the, notice it's a little g talking about Satan. He is a little g God. He has no power in your life. If you know Jesus, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. College students, Satan has a miserable goal for your life, and that miserable goal is to keep you from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And, and Scripture is very clear. Misery loves company. Satan would love to keep you from knowing Jesus because when you know Jesus, you know victory. We talked about it last week and seeing the victory in your life. And what this is, this is eternal life that I'm talking about, eternity with Jesus Christ. But college student, the question you have to ask, the question I have to ask myself, 
Have you experienced Jesus Christ as the light of your life? Or are you still living in darkness? The light of Christ gives you life. If I could put my sermon in a sentence, it's that that simple sentence right there. The light of Christ gives you life. And you may be asking, Dakota, when you say these things, what do you mean? How can I know that I have the light of Christ? I'm glad you asked. I'm not going to give you my answer. I'm going to give you God's answer. And that comes from 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. And that says this right here. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Do you keep the word of God? Do you follow the word of God? Do you obey the word of God in your life? Do you walk as Jesus walked? Again, I'm not here to give you man-made rules or regulations to live your life. But Daniel and I, as we preach on this stage, what we're here to tell you is Jesus Christ is the example to follow in your life. Jesus came to bring light to this world so that we could see things as they really are. On your college campus, people have opinions. People tell you how you should live your life. But let me tell you something. The only way you should be modeling your life is after Jesus Christ, because that is what's going to fulfill you. That is what's going to satisfy you. And that is what's going to give you everything that you need. But college students, seeing the things how we're supposed to see them, seeing the things how Jesus sees them comes from spending time with him. Seeing things how Jesus sees them makes me ask us the question, do you read God's word and do you apply God's word to your life? We have to look at the world through the lens of the Bible. So ask yourself, how are you looking at the world? And even take take it a step further, how are you living your life? Are you living a life that shows the light of Christ or are you living a life that shows the complete opposite? and darkness, and sin, and brokenness. Think about it this way, college students. Jesus literally said this this statement right here in John chapter 8, verse 12. Um, This is one of his I am statements. He makes seven I am statements in the book of John, and Jesus says this right here. Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God. For Jesus to say he is the light of the world is a big deal, college students. Jesus being the light of the world is the whole reason we can have physical life. But to understand this, we have to go back to the beginning. In John 1 right here, it says, in the beginning was the word. Well, let's go back to the very beginning, which is Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at how God created this world. Let's see how God created things. And Genesis 1 says this right here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surfaces of the water. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God literally spoke light into existence. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was a morning one day. Don't miss this, college students. In my study, this is what I learned. Not only did God make what we call light, but he also named it. Don't miss that. Not only did he make what we call light, but he named it, which means God has control over his creation. Hear me say that again. God has control over his creation. The concept of light, which is necessary for our world, only exists because God sustains it. 
Daniel and I are reading this book. This isn't even my notes, but I just thought about this. And I remember, I think he said it from stage a few weeks ago. Have you ever thanked God for keeping the earth in orbit? College students, we're literally the perfect distance away from the sun to sustain life on here. And you're telling me there isn't detail in our world? Or atheists are saying something just came from nothing? It all makes sense to me. God literally sustains his creation. Without physical light, we could not have life on this earth. And we, we all learned this in our early science classes. Even I saw a college student today, she was doing biology homework. We learned these things in science classes that light is necessary for us to survive on this earth. But think about it. If the sun didn't exist, we wouldn't have plants to produce oxygen for us to breathe. I know very basic stuff. I, I understand. I'm so sorry, college students. But it made me think about this. Skylar and I, as we got married, she took care of all the decorations of our apartment. Praise God. I'm not good at that stuff. And as we, as we got all of our decorations put up and made our apartment a home and things like that, she asked me a question. She said, Dakota, can I get some plants for decorations? I said, what? Let me, let me prep y'all, fellas. Anything can be used for decorations. That's what that's, people ask me to call what you learned in marriage. Anything can be used as decorations. And I, I told her, I gave her my quick response. I said, Skylar, as long as you take care of them, sure, we can, we can have plants as decorations. We have plants on the table. It don't matter. As long as you take care of them. And so sure enough, I come home from work one day. She works fast. Let me tell you something. We got two plants, and we've named them Phineas and Ferb. I'm telling you what, I'm, 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 in, I'm in this thing now. Got two plants named Phineas and Ferb. And even as Skylar went out of town today, she asked me, she said, Dakota, I, I think my plants will be okay if I don't water them. I watered them extra. But can you just put them in the sunlight? Please hold me accountable to that. She's not back till Wednesday night. So I have to put the plants in the sunlight. And what blows my mind is as Skylar is taking care of these plants, as she's giving these plants the nourishment that they needed, she got so excited. She literally picked up the whole plant, brought it to my face. Dakota, look, it grew a new leaf. It grew a new leaf. I, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And as I started to think more about this, and y'all know this, a plant wouldn't do very good if it was just chilling in my bathroom. Get a fake plant for that decoration. A plant wouldn't do very good if it was hanging out with my jackets and my shoes in my closet. It wouldn't survive. My shoes can't do that for them. It could only survive when it was in an environment which it could flourish. And college students, I got a simple truth for you tonight. We aren't much different than my two plants at home, Phineas and Ferb. Just like my two plants at home need the sun to physically survive, you need the son of God to spiritually survive. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you cannot spiritually survive. Because if the plants weren't exposed to the light of the sun, they would physically die. But college students, I'm here to tell you, we face something much more serious. If we are not exposed to the light of the Son of God, you spiritually die. And I put this in my notes, a simple sentence. Light literally gives us life. If you could write down anything in your notes, the light of Jesus Christ gives me life. And what's crazy, college students, is I was studying Genesis 1. I've and I know many of y'all in here have read Genesis 1, and maybe some of you in here have not read Genesis 1. Genesis 1 is our account of creation, of how God created everything. And aren't you glad that we serve a detailed God? He is in all the details of creation, 
So I praise the Lord, he's in all the details of our life. Think about this. When he went through creation, he had a specific order in his creation. I don't want you to miss this right here. We see on the third day, I, I don't have this, it's, this is all in Genesis chapter one. We see on the third day, God had already created the vegetation for the earth, um, seed bearing plants and fruit trees for the earth. He hasn't created Adam, he hasn't created Eve yet. On the third day, he creates all the plants, all the, all the seed bearing trees and things like that before he created the sun. Don't miss that. I just met, I don't want to contradict myself on stage. Daniel will rip me off the stage if I contradict myself. I just said, plants can't survive without the sun. But God created vegetation and plants before he created the sun. So that has, to, that has to make us ask the question, how were the plants surviving? God himself was the light on the earth. Don't miss that. Go, if you go back to Genesis chapter one, the verses I read, Genesis chapter one, one through five, God was literally the light on the earth sustaining the plants that Adam and Eve would eventually need to survive physically which means light isn't just a physical substance, college students. Light has supernatural aspects to it. And there will come a day, this is in Revelation 22. I'm not gonna go too deep into this because Revelation, that's another deep study we could go through. There is coming a day, just like when God created everything, he didn't need the sun. He gave that responsibility to the sun to provide sunlight for the earth. But there's a day when Jesus is coming back and we won't need that anymore because Revelation 22 says this right here, night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So, Colossians, I ask you the question. This is my question right here from truth number one. If the God of creation can sustain your physical life, why don't you believe he can sustain your spiritual life? Go back to it. He created the plants before he created the sun. And not only that, he passed the responsibility to the sun. God is sustaining our lives on this earth physically. Don't tell me there isn't a God behind creation. It's too detailed. It's too specific. It's too exact. So if God can do that physically, why don't you think he can do that spiritually in your life? Do you know Jesus as the light of your life? But number two, let me give you truth number two. Truth number two is the light that overcomes your darkness. Number one was the light that gives you life. We have life through Jesus Christ. But number two, not only that, Jesus overcomes your darkness. And that comes straight from verse five. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Colossians, as simply as I can say it, I say it this way. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are currently living in darkness. And that's a scary place to be. It's not a fun place to be. But the encouraging thing I get to share with you, the encouraging thing that Daniel shares with us each and every week as we preach, is Jesus is literally the light that can overcome your darkness. Notice, the shadows haven't overcame Jesus, but Jesus overcame the shadows. But you have to ask yourself, do I personally know Jesus? 
not do I follow a bunch of rules, not do I go to church, not have I been baptized. All these things are good. All those things are a part of being obedient. But do you know Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Savior? John 12, 46 says this right here. I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. College students, when I say living in darkness, living in darkness is living in sin. Living in darkness is living a life without Jesus Christ. And if we're being honest, living in darkness would be a miserable life. It's miserable spiritually. Imagine it physically. Imagine if you had to live this life without any light. And the Egyptians in the book of Exodus had to experience this. Look at Exodus 10. You don't have to turn there with me. It'll be on the screen. Exodus 10, verses 21 through 23 says this right here. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven, and there will be a darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and there was a thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. One person cannot see another, and for three days... They did not move from where they were, yet all the Israelites had light where they lived. The Egyptians experienced a darkness so dark that it gave them, number one, they could feel it. It had a tangible quality to it of feeling the darkness. But not only that, it had them stay in the same exact spot for three days. Imagine having to go through that. It'd be miserable. But what's crazy to college students is some of us in here are not knowing Jesus. We're stuck in that spot. We feel like we're stuck in this darkness and we don't know how to get out. We feel like we're stuck in this sin and we don't know how to defeat it. College students, let me show you this truth with you right here. God doesn't want you to be stuck in the dark. He wants you to shine your light for him. Jesus does not desire for you to be stuck in sin. Jesus desires for you to know him. Because look, I already said in in truth number one, Jesus said he is the light of the world. But we have to turn that because Jesus also warns us and commands us and encourages us that we are the light of the world. And that comes from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Listen to this right here. For you to shine your light, you have to know the source of the light. For you to shine your light for Jesus, you have to know the source of that light. And Jesus Christ is the source of this light that he wants to shine through you. When Jesus is your source for life, he will shine through your life. When Jesus is the source of your life, he will shine through your life. But have you come in contact with Jesus? Do you, I ask that question over and over, because if not, you can come to know Jesus Christ as your savior tonight. And that's the best decision you could ever make. Colossians, before we get into that, I want to ask you a question. Does your life reflect living in the light, or does it reflect you living in the darkness? Are you a light on your college campus? Do people know you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Do people know you are in love with Jesus? Are you a light in the classroom? 
how you talk, how you act, how you walk around campus? Are you a light in your friend group? Do you talk about Jesus with your friends? Are you a light in your family? I know all of us in here, many of us in here have lost family members. Have they seen how Jesus has worked in our life and how Jesus is working in our life if we're being the light of the world? Are you a light at work? Are you a light at gym? Do you reflect Jesus wherever you are? Because Jesus made it very clear when, when, we, when we plug in a lamp, we don't plug in a lamp and put a basket over it, but we put a lamp in the room to shine light throughout the whole room. If you hide a light that is contradictory to its purpose, if you hide a light that takes away its purpose. And for me, this makes me think about, I've been working with Daniel for almost four years now, and it's been, it's been some of the best four years of my life. I've been rocking with him since I was 13 years old, and he was 18. And man, we've been through a lot of life together, and it's been so much fun. But as I transitioned on staff with him, as I worked with him, I learned how he flows in the office a little bit. Goose and Delaney can attest to this. I mean, his wife can even attest to this. She worked with him. Um, I had to learn his, how he worked and things like that. And what I noticed is um, when I was an intern, I had my own little desk. I had my own little cubicle. And Daniel would call me in for our one-on-ones and things like that. And uh, in, in his office, he has motion sensor lights. And I ain't going to lie, motion sensor lights are pretty dope, if you ask me, because you ain't got to worry about turning the switch on and off. If you walk by it, it turns on, but if it doesn't experience anything for a certain amount of time, it automatically turns off. It's pretty cool. But for Daniel, for him, he's a guy that loves to work with a vibe, should I say. I should call it that. He, uh, he, he loves to work with a vibe, man. He's got, the, he's got the string lights on. He's got the lo-fi going on his TV, and uh, he's just got this ambiance. I learned that word working in fine dining, this ambiance to his office. He just likes working in a vibe. That's how we, I promise you, that's how we get stuff done. I promise you we get stuff done in it. And what I noticed, he called me in one, one day for one of our one-on-ones, and I walked in, and I knew he had motion sensor lights, but the light didn't click on. And what I realized was Daniel, again, he loves that, he loves that vibe. Daniel had put a sticky note over the sensor of the motion light. And so when anybody, and it's not just me, if anybody walks into the office, the motion sensor can't register it and it doesn't turn on the lights. College student, Jesus says we're the light of the world, but the question is, do you have it covered up by the world? The light that you're supposed to shine for Christ, is it covered up by sin and by the ways of the world? Is it covered up by culture? It's really hard to shine your light for Christ if it's covered with the world. You are going to struggle living a life for Christ if you're covered in the world. So the question you have to answer is, answer is, are you standing out as a light for Christ or are you blending in with the darkness of sin? 